Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Market Source Real Estate, Green Bike, and HostGator. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. All right. I want to personally welcome you out today to episode 405 of I Am Salt Lake podcast. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. So you're not going to believe this, Chrissy. Well, maybe you are because I'm (laughs) sure you saw the post the other day that I made on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Ligers are real. Who would I have, bet unicorns are real too. Who would have ever guessed? I mean, we've all seen Napoleon Dynamite. We've seen or we've heard him talk about ligers. Uh-huh. I just thought it was a made-up thing, but I guess Hogel Zoo right here in Salt Lake City had a liger there. It was born in 1948. They named it Shasta. So I guess if you were like a kid of the 50s and 60s here in Salt Lake, you would have had an opportunity to see this liger. That's so cool. I can't believe we haven't heard of ligers until Napoleon Dynamite. I'm just bummed out that I wasn't born in the 50s or 60s so I could have saw it. I know. We'll have to make another one. (laughs) We'll have to make a liger just to uh, sell to Hogel Just entertain me. Hey, if this is your first time listening to this podcast and you're asking yourself, what am I what am I about to listen to? What is this podcast all about? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing the awesome people right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're talking to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, distilleries, breweries. I think you guys get the idea. Anyone that might have a cool story to share, we're talking to them right on this podcast. Hey, Chrissy, who's on the podcast today? Today on the podcast, we got to sit and chat with Jason Klug, owner of Klugonics. Klugonics is a full-service product development firm. You know, we've all had those million-dollar ideas, but we don't know how to get started. Klugonics helps you take your ideas from a napkin drawing to a functioning product. So we get to talk all about that, his experiences leading up to creating Klugonics, and we even find out about his own personal inventions. This is a really cool conversation. You know, I didn't expect to learn this much from Jason, but it was awesome. And we're going to play that here in just a minute. Before we get into that conversation, though, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, one of our awesome sponsors. They're actually new to I Am Salt Lake as a sponsor. So make sure to go out there and support these guys. Support for I Am Salt Lake podcast is provided by Green Bike, Salt Lake City's nonprofit bike share, connecting employment in residential centers to transit stops in popular entertainment destinations. Green Bike seeks to improve community health, air quality, and increase the use of existing transit infrastructure. Green Bike is a local nonprofit and public-private partnership between Salt Lake City, the Utah Transit Authority, Select Health, and other private sponsors. To date, Green Bikers have removed 5.5 million vehicle miles from local roads, they've prevented nearly 5 million pounds of CO2 from entering our air, all while burning 70 million calories right in the process. That's 246,000 slices of pizza. To learn more about Green Bike and find out how you can take as many rides as you want for a year for less than 20 cents a day, follow Green Bike on social media at SLC Bike Share or visit them right online at greenbikeslc.org. Check them out. Support these guys. I mean, I'm serious. What a great way 
to get around downtown, I mean, you could take a green bike from like squatters to if you want to go hit up like juniors. Yeah. I mean, it's a great way to get around downtown. Well, it is. And green bike is one of my favorite sponsorships because we talk often on here about like the air quality and how we can all do things to improve the air quality. And I love partnering with someone who's actually making that happen. Hey, this is a way to do it. Yeah. Support green bike. All right, many thanks to Greenbike for sponsoring this episode. Let's get into that conversation that we had with Jason Klug when he came over to our podcast studio, and we got to talk to him about Klugonics and all these rad inventions that are going on. Let's jump into that conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. I mean, Jason, I like to even just start. I mean, I know it's basic, man, but mm-hmm. let's even just find out where's home for you. Like, where did you grow up? Okay. Are you a Utah boy? Or, or? I'm not. I've lived all over so I was born in Wisconsin. <gasps> High five. Yeah. Wait, wait where in yeah. Wisconsin? I, wasn't I was born, born there, in Milwaukee, I... Wisconsin. <gasps> That's so awesome. I moved at a young age to Illinois and I lived in Naperville, Illinois uh, for a few years. But then I also moved from there. I lived in Pennsylvania and Ohio and then back to Illinois. And then I lived in Iowa and then I moved to Atlanta. And then I was in Atlanta through like high school in college. And then randomly I decided Salt Lake City is the place to go. Why Salt Lake? I mean, were you like out of school and everything when you came? No, I actually, it's funny because I was literally, I was like 18 hours away from finishing my mechanical engineering degree. And I was, I, I think something like a teacher just really pissed me off. And I was just like sitting there in class, like, what am I doing? My friends were getting jobs like you know, doing engineering for like HVAC companies and stuff. And I'm like, no, this is, I, if I stay here, I'm going to be miserable. And, and I was also trying to start a little side hustle business and I was interacting with people in, I didn't like, uh, the, there was like a, a cultural thing that I was not digging about Atlanta. And I had a buddy that moved out here and I like, I always grew up liking to snowboard. So when we moved to Atlanta. I, snowboarding was gone. Like I couldn't go. It was not accessible. I'd have to go up to the Carolinas and it was like really icy, you know, not that exciting up there. And my buddy Colin moved here and I'm like, okay, let's, uh, let's look at, look around, you know, I was Googling around and researching and I knew I was like an entrepreneur, but I hadn't, I guess I didn't really know it at the time, but I was always trying to start things and whatnot. And I looked online and I saw that Salt Lake was actually a developing economy and a great place for, you know, new businesses to form. So I'm like, all right, let's go, you know, let's go out there, check it out. I I came out here, did a little ski weekend with my buddy Colin. And I I think it was like a couple months later, he hit me up and he's like, Hey, a room's opening up in my basement. You want to, you know, come on out. And I'm like, hell yeah. So, so I literally like packed my Subaru, which I even came with the right car. Yeah. Right, <laughs> packed my car, and this is like you know it was a WRX, and I literally packed my life into this thing, and just just booked it, and made it out here. And, and how long how long room. ago was this? This would have been, um, it was I'm pretty sure it's eight years October, right? Yeah, I think it was well 2011. Yeah, cheers to that, Damn. man. Let's all have a drink. Yeah, yeah that was a that was a. <laughs> Eight years ago. Smart move, yeah. by the way. Oh, I'm I'm like I'm settled here now. So you love Salt Lake. I love right? Salt Lake. Yeah. I feel like the especially starting a business here, which kind of gets you out and gets you interacting with people. I've realized that like 
and I've been to, and I travel a lot for my, for work, you know, like I go to trade shows all over, go to different cities and it, I come home and I'm like, yep, this is home. You know, I feel it when I get here and, and the other cities are great and all, but just something about the vibe of the people. I feel like it's a supportive community and it's like, okay, this is, I can stick around here. Did you have like a culture shock when you first came uh, here that you kind of had to adapt to or, yeah, you know, what was LDS your initial reaction and stuff? I mean, yeah. I had to, um, well, especially uh, eight years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight years ago was it's, different. it's changed a lot, right? Like it's, it, which is also another thing that I'm digging about is seeing how much change has happened in the eight years I've been here with the economy, but then also the culture and seeing that the culture is heading in a, a good direction. We're you getting know, more and, progressive. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, like the culture shock, like I didn't know, enough about the LDS culture. And then you kind of like get here and I have worked with some people and I'm like, you know, saying the F bomb and not realizing like, Oh, that's probably bad until, you know, a, a, you know, with a guy for lunch and he's like, yeah, you probably should not say that word so much. You know here. what? It's, like, good you know? it's good for them. It's good for them. Yeah. Let's then so, see the but, real world. But that's the, that's what I realized is I just kind of like let my filter, you know, you, you, they can, they'll be fine. You know, they'll, yeah. it'll, it'll expose them. It's like, you know, they're big kids. Yeah, it's like a flu shot, you know, but, <laughs> but, but then, yeah, I just kind of accepted it. But then I also realized that it actually helped my, I feel like it's been good for me in a way where it's like, I am more cautious about what I say, especially with having, you know, team members that are LDS and stuff. Like, I don't want to sit there at work, even though sometimes you just have to, you know, drop the F bomb, you know, like sometimes it's like, it's necessary as like, like Tony Robbins, you know, like sometimes like they, they, they just to emphasize emotion, something. Yeah. You know? But and then also like, but I feel like I've, I, I don't, I don't drink as much, you know, even though I drink a beer right here, but like in Georgia, it's like, what do you do on a Sunday? You like brunch, you know, and you, you just go, drink and, a lot yeah, and you like day drink. And then I moved here and it's like, that just doesn't, I don't do that. So do you think you're more productive here then? Oh, definitely. Really? Yeah. yeah. Cause I, there it was like, so Kelsey and I's Friday nights are, you know, hanging out at home. You know, in Georgia, it's like, what party are we going to, you know, or, and then Saturday, it's like, you know, are we going to go to a bar or are we going to go out, you know, spend money on stuff that I could make a meal at home and save. So I feel like my, I've toned things down a lot, but that could also be because of age, but I think culture. <laughs> Welcome to getting old. Yeah. But I, but I think culture is definitely a piece of the, the culture that has affected that in a good way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So have you always been an entrepreneur then, like ever since a small child? I think so. I maybe didn't know it. Like what were some of your first businesses? Like I I remember like I used to knock on my neighbor's door mm -hmm. and it's a nickel to roll your trash can up, right? Like, <laughs> okay. like little businesses like that, I'll sweep your porch, mm. stuff like that. So I didn't know if like that kind of stuff was going on for you as a child or like when did that really kind of click in for you that you can remember at least? I, th I think it was less about me trying to start businesses and more about me like I would speak my mind a lot as a kid. I think I was pretty frustrating to my parents at times, but they were super supportive and just kind of like, let me be me. But, you know, I think, I think that, yeah, I wasn't afraid to like speak my mind and, and, and point out something that was wrong or be, you know, do something away that wasn't necessarily the, the right way to do it, you know? And then in college is when it really started to, uh, when I started to realize it, like I was in, uh, I was in a fraternity, which if, if you knew me back, you know, before that, you know, I wouldn't, you wouldn't expect me to be in a fraternity. I was kind of like punk skater boy, you know, and then all of a sudden I joined a fraternity and I became the president of the fraternity. And in doing that, I realized like, oh, that, you know, I like this leadership 
position. I like the fact that I get to drive a ship forward and achieve goals as a group. And, and if I can get a bunch of, you know, a bunch of college kids to do a, run a charity event and do something cool like that for beer, then I can definitely run a business with paying salaries, actual money, you know? And, and, but so, so that was one thing. And then in college, there was this bar we would go to and they had a big open back, like a, like a stage and sound room, you know, stuff like that, where they'd throw concerts and it was not used that much. And, you know, so I, I, you know, we would go there, we'd drink, you know, and do all that stuff. But then eventually I started, you know, throwing parties there, you know, so I got a taste where I could like, I, you know, I was throwing my own fraternities parties, but then I even got the opportunity to throw parties for the other fraternities and monetize that. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Right. And then also that same room one day I was hitting up my buddy Keaton and Ben. I'm like, Hey guys, what are you doing? They're like, Oh, we're at sidelines. We're working on this bizwire thing. You know, you should come by. And I'm like, what the heck is this bizwire thing? And I show up and they're just sitting in the back of this room, big room, empty at some tables, you know, with their computers up and they're like working on this thing. And they explain to me, it's like, you know, helping, you know, small businesses with Facebook marketing. You got to think this is what, nine years ago. So before it was the way it is today. And I'm like, okay. And, and I knew I could, I could like hustle and sell. And I literally just started, just sat down and I just started picking up the phone and dialing. And I started like getting customers to, and started like getting some business. And I was like, this is exciting. And I think that right there was when I really realized like, I could, like, I don't need to get a degree and get a job and do this and do that. I could literally start now. And then that's, and then I would say within the next six months is when I picked up and moved to Utah. So did you ever get a degree? No, I, I, I was going to go back to Weber, but at the time I got a, a good gig, started with sales. And then eventually I sold my way to where, you know, I was selling these tablet and iPad enclosures and, um, which is random. Right. But like, you know, you know, when you see like an iPad as a point of sale system, right. That's what makes for like, like restaurants that. and stuff yeah. or, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So, so I got, I was working at a company and this, that company was started by like a, still a mentor of mine that, you know, I, I see this opportunity. I'm like, okay, this is really interesting. I, I want to work here. I got a gig in sales and I'd get these calls in like the head of product from IBM. And at the time, you know, iPads were pretty new. So iPadenclosures.com, they got the URL and Scott, apparently he bought it when he was sitting in like his MBA class and like bought this URL and started making iPad enclosures and phones were ringing off the hook and he was, and it was growing and it was doing really well. And, you know, all of a sudden these big wig guys are calling in like, Hey, you know, Hey, well, I'm so-and-so, you know, I need to enclose this tablet in this scenario. And it's like, well, we don't have that right now, but I think I could make that for you. And it's like, I'm sitting there on LinkedIn looking at this guy and it's like, this is the head of product of IBM. Like I wow. should probably uh, try to get this figure deal. it out. This right. A good deal. So I'd go home <laughs> and I'd sit on my computer and I had like a hacked version of SolidWorks at the time. And I 3d modeled the enclosure he explained and the next day I called him and I'm like, Hey, is this what you're looking for? And he was like, yeah, that is what I'm looking for. And then I went and showed Scott and he's like, wait, wait, you did this. I'm like, yeah, last night, like IBM called and they needed this. And and then, and then at that point I got to transition into a, an engineering role where I became the head of the development department and they didn't have development in house. And then that's what gave me the ability 
to take a idea all the way from, you know, just like a description through, you know, sketching, through engineering, through mass produced product. Like concept to genuine prototype mm-hmm. to actual product. Yeah. So I got to, you know, and I did projects for Apple, like Microsoft, McDonald's, like I did some serious projects and um, that company eventually built up and sold. And that's when I was like, all right, I want to do this for everything, you know? And so that's when Klugonics started. And that's started. when I started Klugonics, you know? <laughs> what, what, what's with the name? Okay, so, so, yeah, so it's so your last name. Yeah, I mean, that's a funny story. I mean, it doesn't really have a good meaning, but... It just sounds fancy. Well, it's like Klug means intelligent in German, right? And Onyx is like a, like a claw, right? So it's like... Onyx Klug didn't sound good, but Klug Onyx did. Oh, it that sounds like great. like sharp intelligence. It's a layered name. I stuck name. with it. Okay. That was like where I had like a list of names that someone, I'm like, hey, I need help come up with a name. And then there's this list and Klug Onyx is on there. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I asked a few people, got good feedback and I stuck with it. And now it's just too late. So hey, it's, it sounds with good. It, man. You know, it people does. don't forget it. Right. So what exactly is Klug Onyx? I mean, I'm sure mm. people listening are like, who the heck yeah. is this guy? Right. Like what, it, what is it that you yeah. do? Obviously he's smarter than all of us. So oh, well, maybe tell I don't us know. how to I be like no, everybody's it, smarter in their own domain. You know? Yeah, exactly. We're all smart. True, in our own domains. Our, he just chased after what he wanted. I found my, yeah. That's, that's how I feel. Like I yeah. know what I like and what I like is to make stuff. You know, and even before I was in college and stuff, as a kid, my thing was taking things apart, putting it back together, understanding how it worked. I really liked that's just what, you know, excited me. Every time I would get stuff, my parents would get pissed at me because they would see me in my in the garage like a few hours later, like and it's pulled apart on the ground. They'd be like, You if you don't put that that back together, you're done. You don't get another one. But um but Klugonics, basically it's full service product development company. And we have a team of uh, industrial designers, uh, mechanical engineers, um, and then I have a partner that lives in China that runs an office of a manufacturing sourcing team. So we help companies go through uh, an ideation process, take that, create a functioning prototype, and then take that and then get it ready for, you know, design for manufacturing, we call it, to where it's actually a mass producible product and design. And then my partner, Nate, and his team over there, pick it up and carry it the rest of the way, you know, getting through tooling and getting uh, manufacturing set up. And then we run manufacturing runs and do quality control. So, so these are for other businesses that yeah, you're doing. Yeah, the service. So yeah, we do work with... Um, any a, any a notable lot. names that you carry or you can, um, or you probably can't really talk about a lot of them? Or I mean, yeah, a lot of them are under non-disclosure, but it's like we do a lot of uh, a lot of baby products and toys. We do some home goods and housewares. We do like um, some hardware and tools, some consumer electronics. Um, so could you go into like a place like Target or Walmart mm-hmm. and maybe see some of the oh, products yeah. that you help design? Yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah. That's Which crazy. is always exciting. That's like... You're the secret partner. Well, that's what... Yeah, of. yeah. But that's that right there is... It's like... The, it's so exciting. You know, especially when I have like... What about it is exciting it, I mean, to you? it's like you, you, you get to think through all the way down to when they walked into the room and they, they had a, like either like a napkin sketch or like they described this idea and we got to like work as a team to like will this thing into existence. You know? Do you ever have people who come to you with functioning products, but they kind of want to move to the next level? Like they've personally mm-hmm. prototyped them, designed oh, yeah. them, Yeah, built those them. are my favorites. Okay, okay. Because then that shows they put some elbow grease into it. Right. Nothing's worse than like a entrepreneur that comes in 
and they're like, I got the best idea. And it's like, okay, what have you done? Nothing. I just have this idea. Right. And then it's and like, you figure it out. And it's like, yeah. It, but then, but then the thing is, is that shows that they're not going to put the, the wheels in play when it comes to like the, the other components of the business. They're not going right. to do a good job with branding, the website, like getting, you know, marketing sales figured out. Like you, it, it kind of shows like, but the people that, just figure it out. They go to Walmart and they buy a bunch of parts and will these things together to make it like, Hey, this is like, this is what I'm thinking. And they show up and they throw it on the table. It's like, that's what we call a bench top prototype. I like that. Yeah. And that kind of gets things started. Like we actually had a project in today and that's how that guy, he, he came in with a, a hack together prototype in the first meeting. And now we're, you know, just tidying up his, the end of his design and, and about to start the prototyping phase. And it's, I love it. This like this is oh oh my this jam. is right I'm up your so wheelhouse. happy yeah. right now. Yeah. Do you? I mean, have you ever thought about? And I don't know if you do this currently, but like people who want to do something where they want to actually have an electronic something that they've made and they want to mm. add uh, an app, right? Mm. Or they want to be able to control it through an app. Yeah. I mean, is there? Do you guys have guidance for people like that? I mean, we've done we've done like software hardware combos, and to be honest, it's like I'm not a fan of it because it's so. It adds a whole other layer that is out of my like out of my control because yeah. I don't do software like software. I love it, I use it, but and it's constantly changing. And yeah, once it, I don't know. Once software. it's in their hands, you they this, can your, your user experience stuff, right? Like, right. I don't get that stuff. Yeah, but I like I appreciate a good user experience design. But it is but a whole thing. It's a whole other layer, and yeah. it's stuff that's outside of my and I and I've done electronics and you know working with the electrical engineers and then. You know, we implement the mechanical shelling around it and make it enclose it and protect it and all that stuff and make buttons work and stuff. I mean, we've done it, but I think the, the difference is, is the barrier to entry on those is way, way higher and the budget, you know, it's, you know, it takes a budget where we could get a product to market and spend, you know, like a project could be like 15, 20 K on the low end, like making like a small toy or something Mm -hmm. versus like. A consumer electronic, you're talking, you know, 100, 150, 200 grand. And, and that's the, that's what is tough about it. That makes sense. You know? Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. So we've done them, but those are like, okay, are you in it for the long haul? I have to make sure that they're in it, you know, like yeah. committed to that, like that cycle. Cause it's Cause like, cause we a year all have those ideas, right? Oh, yeah. All of us have 10 ideas that were like, oh, this is the best idea mm-hmm. in the world. And then some company came out and made it and we get mad because mm-hmm. it was our idea. Mm hmm. But so, it really is about the follow through. So mm-hmm. do you help market it too? Or is no. you're, you're just helping with the making it? Yeah, I just, I, I like to stay focused, you know, cause I, and I've marketed like this product, you know, the, 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 our own brand that we started within that we built off of our own resources, but I was only able to market that because I had Kelsey and her branding and website and stuff. But otherwise, like I know enough about marketing to know it's how you should approach it, but I can't do it. So- <laughs> Explain the process and maybe I apologize if these are dumb questions or maybe questions I'm not even supposed to ask. I can Mm. delete this if it's not a, so if I was to come to you, say I had a, Mm. had had this idea, do I pay you then for the thing or do you like, are we going in as a partner or how does that work with, with these people? I mean, is it, is it more like you're just kind of coming up with the designs? I I used to do that and that's where my entrepreneurial side of me kind of bit me in the butt. There, There are a lot of projects I've done where I do like an equity play pretty much all of them have failed and I've lost money. But, you know, I do have like one company that I did it with, which I should introduce you to them. They're, they're a local company, Please do, uh, yeah. two brothers. 
They started a, a, a really unique version of the truck pad that you see hanging off of truck beds, you know, where you mountain bike protection. Okay. They hang, yeah. they, okay. people leave them on their truck beds and they, they had them stolen from them. So we built a lock system into it. And then we also made it. So when you flip the truck bed down, it has two flip up seats and a, a cooler. And, you know, these two guys came to me, their background, you know, Dylan is marketing background. And Tyler is a sales background in outdoor gear. Okay. And it's like, okay, you guys literally have the other half of the team. I feel like if we collaborate on this, like we can make it happen. And so we did, you know, that's like the one partnership deal that worked, but there was like, I mean, we're, we're talking three years in the making, you know? So it's not like, I'm, I probably won't see a return on that for, I don't know, five years or so, but I believe in them and I believe in their product, you know? So it's, but so it's really rare that I do stuff like that. All right. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Market Source Real Estate. Hey, if you love the charm and you love the character of old homes, you really need to contact our friends at Market Source Real Estate. They actually helped us find our home that we're recording this podcast in right now. Hey, did you know that for the past 18 years, they have been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in Sugar House in the greater Salt Lake City area? They have a background of flipping houses and they've owned almost two dozen homes themselves, so they really know all the ins and outs of older homes. If you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes, which is going to increase their value and make you more money. If you're looking to buy a home, especially an old home, they know what to look for in older homes so you don't end up buying a money pit. You can find all of their info right on their website at thinksaltlakecity.com or just give them a call, 801 810-6773. Again, their website, thinksaltlakecity.com, or just give them a call, 801-810-6773. And as always, many, many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for their support of this podcast. Let's jump back into that conversation with Jason Klug when we found everything about Klugonics. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go. Yeah, most time it's someone comes to us with an idea. We, we sit down, talk through the idea, talk through the concept, talk through, you know, potential features, um, try to get a deep understanding of the complexity of it. And then we'll build out a proposal and we break it down. So it's priced out per phase. And then that way, you know, they can, they can spread it out over time and work through hitting the milestones of our, you know, of our process. Do you ever tell somebody, no, I don't want to do that. That's a dumb idea. Definitely. Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to ask the, you know, some really, I've heard bad. I want to know, man. What's the denial pitch? There's definitely some that I've heard where it's just like, "Uh, no, I don't know. But sometimes they're, they, you know, if I'm, you know, I'll say that, but that's why I've got a really team of super creative people. And it's like, okay, so here's, you know, where they started but I do think there's an opportunity if if we approach it like this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes you can take that ugly baby and mold it into a good looking toddler, you know, kind of thing. But it's it's not it I would say I'd say half the the ideas that come in are pretty bad ideas. But it also depends on who the founder is. Yeah. Cause sometimes those founders have like this founder's disease where it's like, I'm right, I know what's up. 
this product I need. And it's like, well, yeah, but your opinion doesn't matter because you're not going to buy a million of them. You know, right. Exactly. So, like it's not going to be usable for the general public. Right. So, so good luck. The people will forget that. But, yeah. you know, and it's the people that say, OK, yeah, you're right. I get that. That makes total sense. And then you present something to them that maybe it maybe helps them appeal to a you know a bigger market. And then, you know, at that point, they'll be like, OK, yeah, let's do that. Still, still, t- you know, itches that that or scratches that itch of, of getting that solving that problem. Mm-hmm. You lightly touched on this. Is it Doray, right? Doray home. Doray yeah. home. Yeah. Gosh, I'm going to get that right here. Yeah. Uh, you, you lightly mentioned it. I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this because mm-hmm. this is kind of one of your products that you run with, but that, now that you're marketing it, selling yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's a brilliant product. Talk, talk, I mean, how, how long ago did this idea come and, and mm. uh, how long have you been selling these? So this is like, let's see, what do we, I found this stuff overseas this material overseas, uh, like last March okay. or so at a, at a trade show and it blew my mind and I took some back. And, um, so that's when the, when it kind of started and then over, you know, the next bit, we, we built it up. We did, we, we did a Kickstarter. Um, but basically what it is, this is a, have you ever heard of diatomaceous earth? Yeah, man. I used to like drink it. I put it in okay. water. Yep. And Cleans out your it. insides. And you can kill uh, cockroaches yeah. with it too. So yeah. it's really handy. Mm-hmm. Bed it's good, bugs. Good for, it basically punctures their exoskeleton and dries them up from the inside. It's so brutal, but it's cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> but hey, you it's know. It's eco-friendly. It's safe. You could eat it. Like it's really clean stuff. I love mm-hmm. it. It's natural. Basically it doubles in, in volume in our oceans every day, pretty much. You know, it's like an algae. It's a fossilized algae. And it's, we take it with a recycled paper fiber and it's pressed into these boards. So this is like a, you know, it comes out of imagine like a massive sheet and they cut all these out one by one. Interesting. And then we print on the design and stuff, but basically, yeah. So it rapidly dries moisture and it helps uh, prevent, you know, it dries the moisture quick enough to where it's harder for like mold to develop. Yeah. So, so it's um, there's plenty, you know, think about where you have moisture in your home outside of your bathtub. That's what we started with the bath stone, we call it, which is a you know, mat that lays outside of your uh, your bathtub in your, your shower. So you'd get out and step on it. Mm-hmm. And, and Instead it of the rug and it just kind of soaks Dang, and gets moldy. And, yeah. yeah. and, and we have a, we do have a, so some people, it is hard, right? So mm-hmm. we do have a cover you could get too, so it softens it up, you know, and it pulls the moisture from it. And it's so soft because I make them at the factory that Ritz-Carlton makes their their towels at. Of course. It's yeah. the good stuff. Like it's really like thick, cushy, you know, soft. So if you want well, the now softer we really have to get, get some. It, right. But, and then, um, so yeah, so we, we, those are the, that was the first product we launched. That was, we launched that last, I think August. Oh, so it's pretty new. Year. It's pretty new. Yes. Yeah, so, so we launched it last August and you know, that was great, great launch. And then this year, which was in May, we launched our next line of products, which we did a, a dish rack. And then like a dish pad that folds out. Okay. Can I tell you how excited I am about that? Because yeah. we, we've used dish racks a lot oh, in our so marriage. Gross. And they do. I know we're always trying to clean it and scrub mm-hmm. it. And, and like, it's so brilliant that this just automatically dries up. Mm-hmm. It's like, I kind of want to get a dish rack again now. Your yeah. dish rack. Well, we got yeah. a dishwasher. We have a dishwasher well, I know, now. But this, is, <laughs> but, but, but this is the thing, the beauty of like the team I've got, like, mm-hmm. you know, when we designed this dish rack, you know, we understand that most people have dishwasher, right? Or dishwashers, right? So in thinking through that, what do you use your dish rack for? So we got all the people that backed our, 
original Kickstarter and we got them to send images of how they dry their dishes. So you have towels laid out and, and what was on it was like pots and pans, wine glasses, baby bottles, you know, bigger items that don't go in your dishwasher. True. Right. True. Or sensitive ones that could melt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we designed it and this is Aaron, um, who does design like city that I was I the, the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. so Aaron, you know, so Kelsey did a lot of research and that's what she loves and she's getting nervous. Oh, I want to be her friend. Will yeah, she come you, hang you, out with me? Yeah. She, okay. You cool. guys would get along. Cause she, she like nerds out over that. And then yeah. Aaron takes all that data and then gets to apply it to a design. And that's how we got that dish rack. And then we also realized like, well, some people don't need this heavy duty rack. So that's why we made the pad, which, you know, folds out, shrinks, tucks away. So you have an option for the consumer that, you know, maybe doesn't have as much counter space. And because we saw a lot of people lay out a towel and just put stuff upside down on it. That's so, kind of the main way to dry dishes, right? Right. I would say. Yeah. I mean, that's what Kelsey and I have been doing. So, so where that product's at is we finished, uh, we did that crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter and it was super successful. $70,000. Well, that was the first one. And the next one we did was $165,000. Why? How? Why? Just, like, because people loved it? it? Or I mean, well, what, that give is, some we, tips, we've man. Got, I've gotten figured out the whole, uh, you know, ad spend side of things and like how to work with that. Ah. And, and I worked with a couple groups and, you know, I, it's a very green thing to do. Right. So it's stuff. like, you're going to attract a lot of, mm -hmm. I, it sounds terrible, but a lot of millennials, right. Yep. And us who well, are that, trying who's to on Kickstarter. Right. Exactly. Millennials. Yeah. You know? Cause it's We're like, trying to get back to the old days. Yeah. I mean, so like the demographic on Kickstarter, this is, this was challenging. Like I feel like it, it is a mostly male demographic and this brand, as you can see, is like mostly female targeted, but surprisingly, I, you know, we did all right. You know, even though it's like, female branding and whatnot, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, we're stoked on it. Weird question. Yeah. What do you think? Would you ever consider taking this product and making tiles from it so that people could build like bathtubs or showers? Or yeah. So I've definitely, like we've looked into it now. There is some things, you know, like with the material, mm -hmm. if you completely, it needs air, you know, and it needs air to flow through it. Cause if you look at what these are made out of, they're called diatoms. And it's like, if you look at it under a microscope, it's these little microscopic little tubes. Okay, so it's what, very porous. Yeah, very porous. So the water penetrates and disperses throughout it, exposing it to more oxygen, causing it to dry quicker. But if you were to put it on in the ground like that, it wouldn't get enough oxygen from the underside so that, that makes it could sense. actually develop mold, right? Yeah. If, you, if you don't allow it to air out properly. So some people on the bath stone, if they are really sloppy showers, you know, and they just get out and they pour water all over the ground and they, and they have like a dark, dingy bathroom, you know, I are mean, you following me around? Yeah. keeps opening the right. door while yeah. you're showering. I mean, this yeah. is what, this is what I, this is what I do. Right. I, I leave a mess, but what well, this has helped a little bit, but you know, that being said, it's like, you do have to sometimes if it gets completely saturated, which it holds 150% of its weight in water. So if it gets completely saturated and it's in a room or an environment that doesn't get much airflow, mm -hmm. like it could, like I could already see our existing mats being somewhat of a problem. So we recommend you just lean up against the shower and it's no big deal. Okay. Um, but so that, you know, putting it in the ground, I would worry that it wouldn't get the airflow from underneath to help clear it out. But that I definitely sense. did think about that. Yeah. And I thought it would be neat, but 
But where, the, where yeah. can people get the? Can they buy them at any of the stores here at our locally, website. or just the website? Yeah, we're doing just direct to consumer. So what's the website? Uh, DoraiHome.com, and that's D-O-R-A-I Home.com, yep. right? And we'll we'll have that at IamSaltLake.com as well with this episode. Yeah, Go, and I, I just mean, want to jump in and give Chelsea props because Kelsey, these yeah. are. Oh, I'm Kelsey. sorry. Did I say, have I been saying Chelsea the whole time? Yeah, but you've only said it once, so okay. <laughs> you're good. Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. like these designs are gorgeous too. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to own these just because they're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah, well, I mean, on top is, of the... So it is a collaboration of Aaron and Kelsey, right? Because Aaron, for example, we call these the River Rock Coaster set and each one's unique. Mm-hmm. And oh, the, different that, design. Yeah, yeah, like notice each shape, one has a different, different print, design. a different oh. shape, you know, so it's, it's it makes it, you know, unique and, and kind of... Uh, a little different than what you'd normally see. And, and, but that is, I, I see it as like the design where it comes to the brand, all that stuff is a collaboration between Aaron and Kelsey, you know, just jiving together, man, they do a killer job. Yeah. And I'm then I saying. get in there and I bark at them about manufacturing processes and making sure that do you ever tell them to make margin. the logo bigger? Cause no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't <laughs> even listen to me. Good. Good. Yeah, Why, does the, the logo the need to be bigger? That's person? always the joke. Make the logo oh, bigger. Oh, is that? You know okay. Yeah, that's true. Everybody wants the logo huge. Yeah, they pick all that. So what would I you, like, let's say a listener mm-hmm. has an idea, right? Like mm-hmm. this invention or, mm-hmm. you know, that, oh, I got this brilliant idea, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what are some of the steps they should take or like what... I guess prototypes and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I don't know. Like well, someone like myself, I, I mean, wouldn't even, even know where to that, first place to go, man. I, I think one problem that entrepreneurs have sometimes is they get so protective about an idea <laughs> that no one, they don't validate it. Right. So they're like, they keep this thing internalized and, you know, by the time it's available to present, no one wants it. Cause they didn't ask anybody if they want it. You know what I mean? So I do feel like, it's good to just, you know, poke around, talk to people about it, uh, you know, ask some questions. Like, uh, like do what some, do you think of this? Use idea? a research, man. Or do you like find, yeah, find out if there's, if there is a problem, you know, like ask around and, and, you know, do surveys that are somewhat vague, maybe not give away the idea, but ask, you know, do you experience this? You know, how often does this happen? Blah, and blah, definitely blah. not just with friends and family. Right. Because yeah. they're always going to be nice to you. Facebook. True. Mm-hmm. Facebook, yeah, yeah. Twitter. They will be brutally honest. Yeah. Facebook's a great place to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I think that's a great place to start because then you could start like validating. Um, and then, of course, I, from there, you got to, you know, define what does this thing have? Some people, you know, with with a product, you know, some people might get a little over complex, right? They might overthink it. They might add too many features. And a lot of times I think, uh, you know, keeping it simple is the better way to go, right? Because it's like, if you try to appeal to everybody by adding this, this, and this, and this, people are going to be like, I don't need that. I'd rather just buy the thing that does the one thing I need, you know, versus really thinking through like, okay, maybe there's just two of those seven features that this one should have. Um, so really, really spending the time to, you know, think through that in detail. So, you know, when you do start getting into development, you really do have like a good mindset of what you're getting into and, and knowing um, what you want this thing to do or whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, from there, you know, if you wanted to work with an awesome group like us, you know, we could, we could take you through our process where you'd come in, we'd, we'd sit down with you and pick your brain on the idea and build out, you know, at that point we'd be able to build out proposal costing and all that stuff. So, you know, like, what does it cost to do something like this? Um, and then we move into the process and go through phase for phase and the great thing is, is that they, they get to get involved with the process. They get to come in, 
They got to sit down, they got to talk, talk with the designers and let them pick their brains and, and give their opinions. And we, we shape the idea together with, you know, these professional design, brilliant minds helping you shape that idea until you get to the point where it's ready to go to a, an engineer's hands. Right. And that's where it's like, okay, now things get technical. Right. And then that's where Ed, uh, as our lead engineer and one of his engineering team members basically, um, takes the design concepts that are created in the early phases, which it's usually done in 2d. And we have, uh, you know, concept sketches and, and, you know, photoshopped rendering stuff like that. And it moves into uh, 3d modeling software. And then we create, you know, the 3d models and all the pieces and parts to make sure everything moves and works together, thinking ahead to where, how we're going to manufacture this thing. And then we make a prototype that literally, you know, looks close to like what the final product would look like. It's painted, it's finished. Uh, it hopefully functions how you would like it. You know, of course it's a prototype, it's not perfect, but we get them really close. And then, um, from there we're able to move it into, uh, that design for manufacturing. And then that's where we, we transition in our team overseas. And then I actually get all of our clients to work directly with our team over there. So that way they get to, you know, immerse themselves and understand what it takes to make something in China or, or, uh, uh, we do some stuff in Vietnam and India that we're starting to grow more manufacturing resources in. Um, but you know, we, we, we tie them into that process. So they do the nightly phone calls with the team over there. They get to meet with Nate and one of our other team members. Um, and, and then Nate will help them get to the finish line. Cause Nate, you know, like me is a maker, he likes to make stuff and he's made hundreds and hundreds of products. So, and then at that point, hopefully you can sell it once we yeah. get you a big container full of your product. All right. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HostGator. Every small business needs a website. I've seen it firsthand right here on this podcast. A lot of the local businesses right here in Salt Lake City, they think that they can cut corners by just having a presence on Facebook or a presence on Instagram. They think that having a website is just going to be too expensive, so they stop thinking about it. What if I told you that you're wrong? What if I told you that having a website isn't expensive and actually it's a lot more affordable than you might think? Every business, small or big, you need your own website. You need your own piece of real estate right on the internet. Let me tell you why you should use HostGator. Well, first of all, IamSaltLake.com. We've been hosting with HostGator for over seven years, and I love these guys. I could not be more happy with them because they offer a 99.9% uptime. They offer an excellent user-friendly interface via cPanel. And they offer superb pricing. They also offer a free website builder as well as 4,500 templates for you to pick from. And like I said, we've been using them for over seven years and I could not be happier uh, with everything that they offer. Listeners of this podcast, pay attention because we've created a special code for you to use. If you head on over to their website, hostgator.com, if you use the promo code podcast, Use that at checkout, and depending on what package you end up going with, you're going to save yourself up to 60%, and you'll be directly supporting this podcast. So if you're a small business, if you're a big business, go to HostGator.com, set up a website, use the promo code PODCAST when you're, when you're at checkout, and you're going to save up to 60% 
and you'll be supporting your favorite podcast. So it's like a win-win. Again, HostGator.com, promo code podcast, and many thanks, of course, for HostGator for their support of this podcast. Let's jump back into that conversation with Jason as we found out uh, all about Klugonics. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get back into it. Do you ever help people go through the patenting process? Like when they have um, the idea to kind uh, of get it solidified and patented? Definitely important, yeah. Like we don't actually do the patenting, but I have a... Uh, um, you know, a, a patent attorney that I like to work with that I trust, and he's done a great job for all the projects that I've passed to him. And so we'll be involved in a high level where, you know, we, we introduce him, you know, usually after the initial, what we call the ideation phase, which is that first design phase. When we get to the end of that, we make the intro, Hey, you should probably start talking to the patent attorney. And then he takes you through his process where he starts figuring out what claims can be applied to get utility patents, design patents, this, that, and the other um, and then usually we're tied into where we're, you know, explaining to them at a deeper level how it functions so you can get this mechanical utility patent because it does this with this and that, whatever. And then sometimes in patent searches, there might be, um, you know, existing patents out there that we have to work around, you know, mm-hmm. like to work just for safety. You know, if it's like something's out there that's patented, that's like, I mean, it's no competition. You can't compete with that. I would not do this idea. But a lot of times yeah. it's like something that might be patented, but it solves this problem over here. And you're trying to solve something that's very similar to it, but also solve another problem. Then, you know, we we, we need to know what that patent is so we don't infringe on it accidentally by doing something, you know, super stupid, simple that really, you know, we wouldn't yeah. know unless we had a uh, patent attorney's eyes on it. Do you require, so, I mean, I, all these oh questions, no, I love it. do you require people to go to a patent attorney before you actually produce things for them? A lot of times I do recommend it, but yeah. a lot of times people are cheap, you know, and they won't do it. It's expensive and it's complicated. It is, but I, a lot of times it could be worth it. But also, I also like when people dig in on their own, because there's resources like Google patents and mm-hmm. stuff where you could Google patent the crap out of this thing for, you know, months and then, you know, find what's out there yourself and kind of get an idea like, okay, maybe this is a little risky. Maybe we shouldn't jump in on this. Um, so if you're not paying an attorney to do it, I do recommend at least spending a lot of time on Google patents and seeing what's out there. Yeah. For sure. A lot of people have patents that are just, they're just sitting on it. It's not doing anything. Yeah. So you might see a patent out there that's just expired or, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, that's an opportunity. You were mentioning how people coming in to Mm -hmm. your offices, are you Mm -hmm. only dealing with people in Utah or are people flying here? We have client. We have clients all over the country, and we even have a good bit of clients in Canada. I like working with Canadians. Are they coming good here people. though to like meet with you, um, or is it like Skype? I guess <laughs> Skype or Zoom. I guess. Yeah, we do just okay, like a lot of okay. phone calls. But then also, I I like I go to trade shows a lot, okay. and I love them because I get to go there. I get to, you know spend time with the clients that I get to work with, and then also find more clients. You know, I would say. 40 or so percent of our clientele is in Utah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'm sure I got a few ideas that I'd like to yeah. bounce off. You. We all I mean, have like I, a list, dude, I, a notebook of ideas I'm, that we've had. Oh man, I got so many ideas. Chrissy knows that. Oh, I've yeah. always got ideas. He's an idea man. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit to Salt Lake City. We have a mm-hmm. few Salt Lake City related questions that we like to ask everybody that mm-hmm. comes through here. Uh, friends or family, especially you, man. Like mm-hmm. you, you weren't born and raised here, right? You probably got family that comes and visits mm-hmm. you, friends. What do you like to show them? I mean, areas of yeah. town or the mountains, hikes. What What do you? Well, what's the Jason tour? Well, I mean, I like. Um, depends on how long they're here. I've taken a lot of people to the uh, the Tracy Aviary. 
like to go there. That's a cool know. place, man. Yeah. It's, it's it really, you know, we chill. Yeah. I like the Tracy Avery. I have a buddy that does the bird show there. He, well, he does in the summers now, but he's been doing that for a while. So it's always fun to go, you know, watch him when he's doing the bird show. His name's Aaron. He does a good job. Um, but that's always exciting to see. And, you know, so that's one thing I like to do and, and people get excited and it's kind of different and unique and kind of, you know, they wouldn't expect to do something like that. You know, right, right in the middle of town to almost yeah, too, you know, and, and like Liberty park, because you get a walk around Liberty park. It's just like a, it's a really nice park and my yeah. office is near there. So I like, I like just having that as a, I always thought that was like a really good central place in our city. That is just what a great spot. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. Also park city, you know, a lot of times people come here in the wintertime. I hit the, hit the slopes with them. Um, That's right. You're a skier. I'm a snowboarder or snowboarder, but yeah, I love, I love, uh, when people come to visit and, you know, do some, some snowboarding with me. Uh, so I do like, and, and I don't, you know, park city's great, but when I like to take them up to powder mountain, I think powder mountain's awesome. Is that your spot? That's I, your... I think that's my spot. Cause it's like, I, you know, I used to go to, um, you know, the canyons and all that stuff, but it just be, has become too Disney worldy. I feel like it's too busy. You know, I don't like waiting in lines to ski to get snow and powder mountain. It's like, I feel like it's exclusive. It's like you get this local experience that you don't get otherwise. Um, so yeah, I like to take people up to powder mountain for ski trips, but let's see what else, you know, of course taking people up to go for a little hike, depending on their athletic abilities is fun. I also sometimes like to take people outside of their comfort zone and I take them to, uh, the front climbing gym and get them climbing. Are you a big climber? I like to climb. So I, it's, it's kind of funny when you strap a harness on them and see if they get up to the top. I've been doing that here and there. So are you, you climbing yeah. up the mountains and stuff up here? In, in I mean, honestly, what? it's like, You're like a monkey getting I, up there. I feel like I, I, <laughs> The last I'm, time I outdoor climbed out here, I almost died. So yeah, it depends I, on who you're with. I took a, well, that's the problem. Yeah. Wh- whoever's belaying you, uh-huh. you have to have super solid faith in. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't have many, as many friends that go outside climbing as much. So I seem, I, I usually end up at the front three or four times. And now where's that at? That's down by the Walmart in 13 yeah, South, right? 13 it's that there. big building you see off 15. I, yeah. I really like the front and they're putting a new one in that's closer to where I live, which is like Murray area. Okay. So um, yeah, I like to take people there and kind of put them out of their comfort zone. What would you change about Salt Lake city or mm-hmm. the Salt Lake city area? Is there anything you would um, like one or two things? Honestly, I, you know, when it comes to the way they're developing things, I feel like I, I don't see any problems with it. Especially somebody yeah. who's not of the, the, the normal or the, the, um, dominant religion. Dominant yeah. culture ish. Yeah. I do wish that that was not a controlling factor in decision-making around, you know, laws and stuff. I feel like the way the city is developing and stuff, I actually think they do a lot of very smart things. You know, I don't really see any issues where I'm like, why the hell did they do that? Sure. But I would see that, you know, in like Atlanta, I don't know if you've ever been to Atlanta. Have you guys been there? I haven't actually. Unfortunately, no. no. It's kind we of need a to go. mess. Like it's kind of, you know, it's like, I don't know. The Just city, chaos. The city planning from back in the day, they didn't think ahead till now versus Salt Lake, thankfully, has the opportunity where they didn't grow as quickly as- Until know, recently. Until recently, right? Yeah. So they're able to really strategically approach that growth in a way that- you I think know, our wide are roads are, are what's going to kill us though. I think those think wide so? roads are just useless in a lot of areas personally. There, there's a lot of space that's taken up and, and unused. Yeah. I know they used them for bike lanes. Okay. A lot yeah. of them, but there's like 200 South there where by our old, that used to be a mm-hmm. four lanes across there. It's like, huh. what the really? Heck? Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, and that stuff I don't even notice. But yeah. but I, I do wish that they made um well, I mean the, the legal side of things. Like I wish like, you know, weed was legal here. You know? I mean, that would be great. We're on board with that. You also. know, I feel like it, it's it's time and it just sucks that we're probably going to be one of like the last states that gets it, you know? Um, you know what's so heartbreaking about it is like, I feel like we, if we would just jump on board right now, we could be developing our own economy mm-hmm. with it and we could actually keep the money in state. And I think we're uh-huh. waiting too long and, and you know, our economy is going to kind of like, our money's going to move out of state because of it. I mean, with like edibles and stuff in the neighboring states, it's like not like it's hard to get. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's like, you know, buy a box Keep of candy. Keep the money here, guys. Yeah. I like I like this guy. Here. I know, yeah. right? Hey, what about favorite local eating spots? What do you got? You got um, one or two places you like to eat at? Yeah. So let's see. One group that I I respect a lot. It's not like the best eating spot ever, but it's like you, you know those the Greek Slovaki spots. Oh man, nothing wrong with that, right? man. And I like uh, well their food. I feel uh, I like their food, but then also mm-hmm. like Padelli's because they own Padelli's too, yeah. right? I thought they did a great job with that's that. down yeah. by your work, isn't yeah, it? Padelli's. It is. It is. Yeah, I need to go there. You've, have you been there? Not yet. What? Isn't that well, terrible? She's like, it's like fast like casual style. Down yeah, there. I uh, shame on me. Shame <laughs> on me. <laughs> But I do, I do like how, I mean, the, the number of restaurants that are popping up, oh, I yeah. love it. And my yeah. company, we do Friday lunch every Friday. And I love when we've got like a new establishment, you know, you go, you get to support the new entrepreneur or restaurant tour. Right. And, um, I just, I, I like, uh, how much is popping up and let's see one of the recent spots that we went to, it's the same guy that owns, I think it's a Pago and, uh, the East Liberty Tap House. It's right next to there on 9th and 9th. It's oh. like a chicken sandwich spot. It's on the tip. The, you know what I'm oh, the Bird man. House or something. Is that what it's called? Oh, the, uh, um, gosh, oh, we got right. listeners probably screaming. My mind is blank too. I know. Here. I'm feeling like City Pre- Bird, Pretty Bird. Pretty Bird. Well, no. Pretty Bird is, pretty is awesome. different. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, 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 that's Viet that's Viet fun. Yeah. Right. I think, I think Pretty Bird is, uh, yeah, definitely better. So City Bird's good too. I haven't seen City Bird. It's Where's in that? the. Uh, That's down by 400 South there. It's in right? the courthouse. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think of other bird style restaurants. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. I did. We just went there as a team. Yeah, Birdhouse Chicken. That's Birdhouse, Birdhouse Chicken. chicken. First, first time I've heard that name. Yeah, I'll me too. Look, that chicken's good, man. Well, this is the thing about it though. Like Pretty Bird for sure, I think is a better chicken sandwich, but they have more options there. They have more like, they got like an Indian style one. They have uh, like a spicy, a non-spicy and like a, a more variety of different style sandwiches. But I feel like I, I didn't have to wait in line. So it was <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> that's nice. Al- that's always a plus. Especially with you know? like work lunch, because that can end up costing you two hours. You can't sit down and stuff. And you're, yeah. You're, yeah. So I guess that's, that's all I can think of right now. I'm trying to think of where I like to go and have like a nice cocktail and yeah, man, what do you, a, a good meal. drink? I like an old fashioned cause I like to, that's how I feel like I test a bartender with their capabilities as a bartender. Yeah. It's like, how well do you make your old fashioned? So one spot, uh, I, oh, well for coffee, I'm a big coffee guy. I'm sure you've had this a lot, but like blue copper oh, sure. and then public, yeah. both those oh, spots yeah. I'm really stoked on. Like they're I love swinging by there and, and having, you know, breakfast meetings up at public and public kitchen, but for a good cocktail, I really like, um, oh, Tinwell. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever been there? I haven't been there. The name's that, been brought I know, up a I couple times. I haven't times. been there, but we've yeah. definitely heard about they it. They have really good. They have bit. like this good, really like a spin on an old fashioned, and that's one of my favorite Salt Lake cocktails. Very cool. I've had a heck of a conversation. I know we've just kind of skimmed. You just have to get over it, but you know, you find alternatives. What's this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get the websites. Mm-hmm. Wind this up and, mm-hmm. and wind this down a little bit. Is there anything that you were hoping that we would bring up that we would mm-hmm. talk about? Kind of. No, I mean, I, we talked about all the good stuff, but you know, one thing. Well, I heard you mention in the past is that you did. You've done keto. You still do it. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I've I've actually lost about eighty pounds now. Very cool. Right. How I, many of you lost? Well, I think close 70, to 70, seventy pounds. Yeah, yeah seventy, 80. and then yeah, he fits now, in my shorts now. So yeah. okay, I'm not That'll, really out uh, to lose weight anymore. As you can yeah, tell, I'm kind yeah. of trying to work on more uh, building muscle. Okay, I've kind of gotten, uh-huh. believe it or not, into going to the gym. You okay. know, and 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 trying to lift weights. Never lifted weights in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about being the skater boy, punk mm-hmm. rock. That was me, man. Yeah. We all made fun of the jocks, you know, so, so yeah, you can't do that. But yeah, so your keto, Cheeto's great, man. I love it. Well, and this is what's great too, is the more stuff that's coming out uh-huh. that we get, like the ice cream, Rebel ice cream. Oh my cream. gosh, oh, Rebel ice cream is, is so good. They're, just, they're, they're from just, Utah. Yeah, they're just out yeah. midway. Yeah. I need to track them down. So we used to go to Harmon's and just get one of every flavor. Yeah, the the flavors are good yeah. and, like, you, you, and it works for us as keto, right? Because that's the thing. It's like those, those post-dinner... Yeah. Sweets. And then you get that ice cream. And I've even found a cookie recently that Alyssa, one of my, one of my team members, she, she, uh, keto chow, maybe was it? keto oh, chow? I can't remember. All I know is that it says keto on it. And mm-hmm. every time she gets them, I'm done within a day at least. That's awesome. I get the, the whole thing, whether it's like, um, yeah, I love that. Cause there it's a local, there's a local company that makes keto cookies. Keto chow. Keto chow. I mean, there's, there's a yeah. few, yeah. there's a few, I mean, dude, it's yeah. such an easy diet. Mm-hmm. It, really it really is. is. Well, and you, you get some good stuff. You say that, but then when I want ramen, I just really want ramen. Yeah, <laughs> See, that's true. There are some things that like, damn, you know, yeah. I also have had, um, that, have you tried the Catalina crunch cereal? Huh? That's it's, you it, buy it online, Okay, but that one's good because sometimes like after, uh, like after I climb, you know, I want to eat a meal because I do fast a lot. Right. Do you do that as well? Do you, no, you no, I never really got heavy into all that. I, no. I, I want to, I just, do you, do you have, do you eat breakfast then? A, a, like a usually breakfast? some coffee. Okay. Yeah. So that's my breakfast usually too, right? It's just like yeah. a coffee and then I'll put like a little creamer that has a little MCT oil in it. Uh-huh. Right. But sometimes after like a gym, you know, I climb. I want to eat this, this cereal. I want something crunchy, right? Cause that's something you don't get as much with keto. It's crunch, yeah. right? Never really thought about that. Yeah, I know. I mean, you it's get true. like the cheese crisps, you know, but those are like heavy, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like crunchy, like cucumbers and stuff. But with that cereal just satisfies that, out, that yeah. crunch need that you don't usually get when you're on keto. So, yeah. and how, how long have you said you've been eating keto? Well, I, I tried a variety of things, right? Like I started out, I was doing whole, I did whole 30 for a bit. Okay. I don't know if you've tried that. Have you tried I, no, no. That was good. It was like clean eating and I felt really good. And I, that's what started my weight loss. And then I felt like I plateaued. And then that's when I started uh, experimenting with keto. Okay. And yeah, it's been like, you know, you do it for a few months and then you kind of, I, I like plateau and then I just go normal. Like right now I'm kind of normal. That's why I'm drinking a beer. Right. Uh. But, and then, and then I jump back into it and then, you know, I do it for like one or two month stints and yeah. So it's been, 
let's see, like a year and a half. Okay. I think that's about like me. Mm-hmm. I find I just do better eating that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I eliminated gluten years ago just cause mm-hmm. I had problems with wheat and then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of the sugars and, and all the fruits and stuff. I kind of have found, I've just feel a lot better yeah. steering clear of all that stuff. So yeah, I, I, I totally, it's, it fits my lifestyle Yeah, and I like cheese. I, I like bacon and bacon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that stuff like works. Like you get the, you get the, the good for you guys. I like cookies. Well, I, well, I don't even eat cookies. that. I, I don't even cookies. eat that much bacon. No, <laughs> I mean, that's the funny thing. No, I mean, true. we've got bacon that's been sitting in there for two weeks. Uh-huh. That's how little bacon I eat. Yeah. Man, but, I mean uh, like a, 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 you know, like some, some bacon, some avocado and some eggs. For yeah. breakfast, if you like a power a breakfast, meal. oh, you're ready for whatever the hell the day brings you. Like you I got, just found out I was allergic to eggs. Oh, uh, well, so Kelsey is, yeah. is as, well, as well. Okay. It was giving her issues. <gasps> no way. So, so she's got, she's lactose intolerant, has gluten intolerant, and then, and then eggs. Yeah. And she went a while not knowing what the hell oh was wrong God. with her. That sounds like me. That, that sounds me. That's exactly yeah. I was you. eating tons of eggs. And yeah. I was like, man, why do I? It was a day for her. Yeah, yeah. same thing. Dude, I was eating like 10 a day. Wow. So does she, does she kind of go paleo? Like how is she? Uh, she? I mean, she eats like what, like whole 30 pretty much okay. every day. Wow. Um, but then she has like her gluten alternatives and whatnot. But she's an Iron Man. So she's like. She she's oh, a racer. Wow. She's runs marathons. See, that's why I want to get into that yeah. stuff, man. Like, I mean, you should talk. I'm just to gonna her. like wait hard. for you guys at the the finish line with donuts that's what I do. and that's pat you on the back. A Sherpa. So that means you're the Sherpa. Yeah. I'm the I'm Kelsey's Sherpa. <gasps> I'm your Sherpa. Yeah. So I go to races and I you know pass her water bottles that's and this so cool. and that. But um, yeah, so watching her do that is pretty exciting. So she has to be super buttoned up about it because of you know the, her racing and oh yeah affects her per- performance. So for sure, that's just how it is, right? Some bodies just don't like some things. Yeah. you just have to get over it. But you know, you find alternatives. What's the uh, let's give the websites uh, mm-hmm. before uh, we forget how like mm-hmm. the Kluganics and the and, yeah. and all just uh, whatever whatever. So drayhome.com, d o r a i home.com. That's where you can find the home goods brand. And then Klugonics is K-L-U-G-O-N-Y-X.com. And there's a um, little message box. You could, It'll pop up. You can chat with Hunter there. Um, he'll take care of you. And then- um, So be like, yeah. hey, Hunter, I heard about you on I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Yeah, I want to make some stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you know we'll, we'll take you through our process. We have a pretty- And you're on Facebook and stuff too. We're on too. Facebook. We're on- Instagram. We're trying to get more active on Instagram by posting like, cause we have fun in our office. We have a good lifestyle. Like we have, we play spike ball three, four times a day. We have literally one office about the size of this room dedicated to spike ball. Do you know what that is? I, the name sounds I've familiar. I've heard of it. It's like a, a net. That's a, a circular net that's springy and you slap oh, the ball yeah. into it. And we tried to do that at a company party and yeah. all the kids thought it was a trampoline. So it just did not work out. Okay, but but I mean, it, both adults. It, it works. It, it's like you know, nothing's worse than sitting for you know a few hours and just like mm-hmm. focusing on something. You hit a block and then play a spike ball. Game on. You're good. You go back to your desk and your energy, your blood's pumping. So yeah, we have good lifestyle and. You can follow it on uh, Instagram. Sounds like I need to come and get a job there. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. We have fun. Throw your final question out, Chrissy. It's been right. so much fun chatting with you today, Jason. I always it tell really people, has. let's catch yeah. up down the road, you know, mm-hmm. do a follow up in a mm-hmm. year or so. And and uh, otherwise, I'll let Chrissy throw her final question out. I feel like there's so much pressure every time you say that. <laughs> <laughs> final. Okay. So if you could leave our listeners with one piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, what would it be? Well, my biggest motto is get shit done. Right. I live by that. That's um, background on my phone. I love right? it. Yeah. So 
I, I, you know, just get stuff done. Right. But also, you know, especially for like the entrepreneurs out there, just don't give up. You like sometimes with a, especially with projects, nothing excites me more than when I see an entrepreneur that comes to me with an idea and maybe they don't have the capital at the time or, you know, something in their life comes up and it, it distracts them from being able to do that. And then, you know, years down the road, they come back and they've said, look what I've done. You just can't give up the, 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 the people that, that I see that come back. And I've had a few recently that have like followed up with me after a while. It's like, hell yeah, just stick to it and push through to the end, no matter how painful it is. If you believe in your idea and people are showing interest in it, it'll, it'll, it'll make it somehow. I love, yeah, I love it. it. I know I could use that piece right? of advice. It's awesome. You know, stick that in the back of my head. You've done this for seven years now, Dude, right? over seven then, years. Yeah, years podcast, like, I, that's, that's it right there. That's, that's week like an after example week of that. after week. Yeah. Oh, man. That's good. There's some weeks I don't want to do this, man. Yeah. But you, I, get, you gotta. For sure. I keep right? doing it. Some days I don't want to go to the office, but you know, I do. Yeah. And then I end up. And then you're like yeah. happy that you went yeah, by the end day. of the day. Because yeah. I got a good, you know, team makes me happy, you know? Yeah. So, hey, works out. Very cool. That's awesome. So. Thank yeah. you so much, Jason. Thanks for having me. This has been great. Thanks for coming on. It's cool to see the other side of this, you know? <laughs> uh, all right. Many thanks again to Jason Klug for joining us on this episode. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes right on our website that you can find by going to IamSaltLake.com slash 405. That's for episode 405. Just head on over to the website and the links will be right there. Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. All right, weekly recommendation time. I'm going to let Chrissy go first with her weekly recommendation because it's actually something that we did yesterday. It is. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I want to recommend Holy Stone Distilling. We actually got to go to their grand opening and I ended up buying a bottle of their uh, vodka, which is the first grape based vodka in Utah. And you already drank half the bottle. Uh, maybe. It's so good. It's so good. It's like a really, really delicious vodka. I was really impressed though with their distillery. You know, I've been to a few of the local distilleries here in Salt Lake City and I want to say Ooh, it's classy. They, they are a classy joint over there. You know, it, Ethan over there, we've had him on the podcast. Yeah. We had him back uh, a few years ago. But, back in the uh, 200s, right? It was, it was nice to see him again and see what he's doing and see what he's doing with this distillery. I mean, they got gin over there and they got some absinthe that's about ready to come out. So I guess yeah. I guess the vodka is already available at so some of the local uh, I, DABCs, I guess. Yeah, at some of them. I'm not sure which ones, but I think you can look it up. But, yeah. oh man, if you can track down some of this, it is good. And their gin is delicious and I don't really like gin. So I, I thoroughly recommend both of those. My weekly recommendation this week is actually another podcast, which is no surprise because many of you know that I consume so many podcasts in a day that I'm always looking for new shows. I'm always looking for new podcasts. Uh, but this podcast is called Quick Brain. Not really sure how I stumbled upon it, to be honest with you, uh, but they're quick podcast episodes, about 15 to 20 minutes that kind of go through different brain exercises. They go through different memorization, how to read faster, how to take better notes, which is like right up my alley because that's actually one of the things I want to do. I say this every year, Chrissy, mm -hmm. but in 2020, I want to read a book a week. So I want to, I want to end the year with 52 books, at least 52 books. 
That's my goal. So hopefully with this podcast, you'll be able to give me some tips and tricks on how to read even faster. That would be so cool. Oh, and I want to mention it's K-W-I-K. Yeah, there's a little bit because the guy's name is like, uh, gosh, my mind's blank. His last name's Quick. Quick, yeah. So that's his last name. K-W-I-K, Quick Brain Podcast. Check this out. Really, really good. It sounds cool. So pour a glass of, you know, some vodka from Holy Stone. (laughs) Put on a Quick Brain episode. (laughs) And then listen to some podcasts. Right, Chrissy? I know what I'm doing tonight. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to show your support for this podcast by supporting our show sponsors, KRCL, Green Bike, Market Source, and HostGator. Hey, we're going to have all the links for them at our website under the notes for this episode, which you can find at IamSaltLake.com. Also, there are a few other ways that you can support this podcast. You can become a Patreon supporter by going to IamSaltLake.com slash Patreon. This is going to forward you to our Patreon page and even donating $1 a month goes a long way with keeping this podcast going. Or if you would like, you can make a one-time donation by going to IamSaltLake.com slash PayPal. And this is going to forward you to uh, PayPal where you can make a one-time donation. And you can always support us non-monetarily by leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts or on our Facebook page. And don't forget, you can always share your favorite episodes on your favorite social media platform. Or just tell your neighbors about the podcast. Hey, you have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. Support local whenever possible. And we're going to see you on the next episode. Good night, Grammy. Good night, Grammy.